This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Built by Bama online podcast, and it is daybreak for Wednesday, June the 24th, 2020. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you here On daybreak, three mornings per week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Coming up a little bit later in the podcast, we're going to establish an over-under for total touchdowns for Najee Harris during the 2020 season. But first, some items of interest as we get you going with a cup of Crimson Tide and a few other condiments on this Wednesday morning. You ought to be happy if you're a baseball fan, I guess. Look, it's going to be a 60-game Major League Baseball regular season in 2020, but at this point, you'll take it. And I know there's a lot of those, ah, just go ahead and cancel the season. At this point, what's the purpose? The owners and players, once again, have tested the very last nerve of even the most loyal and ardent Major League Baseball fans, but you're going to have Major League Baseball starting in essentially a month's time. Going to be interesting on a multitude of levels in this coronavirus pandemic. As we know by now, Major League Baseball on Tuesday afternoon announcing that there will be again a 60-game schedule. You're going to have regionally aligned divisions for scheduling purposes. In other words, if you're an Atlanta Braves fan, you're going to see a lot of your divisional opponents. And conversely, you're going to see a lot of the AL East, which means the New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox. Makes a lot of sense given the time frame involved. And of course, also the logistical concerns that you're going to have in the midst of a pandemic. Some other items that caught my eye, caught my attention with the start of an abbreviated regular season for Major League Baseball, TV broadcasters are not expected to travel. And with that, home teams for television purposes will be providing, in some instances, I would guess, the loan feed. Now, there is a stipulation here that home teams must guarantee that it is still a neutral feed. In other words, broadcasts are still going to be dependent upon providing equal airtime to both clubs on these broadcasts. Now, apparently, radio broadcasters are going to be permitted to travel and attend road games. Also, spitting will be prohibited at all times. Hard to think about baseball in general with no spitting, right? I mean, you got sunflower seeds. Even if you have a ban on smokeless tobacco or things like that, you're still going to have a hard time, I would think, sort of policing that provision. So again, for as much as you will hear folks talk about how uh, they don't have any interest in the sport, when July 23rd or July 24th rolls around and you've got Major League Baseball to consume, you're going to be watching. You're going to be watching Major League Baseball in a month's time. Also in some good news on Tuesday, how about Roman Harper, the former University of Alabama standout, going to go into the New Orleans Saints 
Hall of Fame, very much deserved for Roman Harper. Spent nine seasons down in New Orleans with the Saints. Had a couple of seasons also in the NFC South with the rival Carolina Panthers. Not a rival, I guess, to the extent certainly of the Atlanta Falcons, but a divisional foe nonetheless. Roman and really that entire 2005 defense, a real favorite of mine. Looking back over the last 12, 15 years of Alabama football, that seems to be the one team and specifically the one unit that has never gotten quite the praise, the recognition that it deserves. When you look at that 2005 defense, and I've written about it on BamaOnline.com, we've talked about it here on the podcast, boy, you can go around that unit. You can start up front. You had you know, guys in that defensive line, sort of a younger Wallace Gilberry up there. How about Mark Anderson at the defensive end position? How about those linebackers in 2005? You had guys like Freddie Roach now back at his alma mater as the defensive line coach for the Alabama Crimson Tide. D'Amico Ryans as good of a linebacker there in the mid-aughts as college football would see. He, too, in the coaching industry now at the NFL level. And that secondary sort of led there by Roman Harper, Anthony Madison at the corner position, Ramsey Robinson at a corner position. You had some safeties and Jeffrey Dukes, Charlie Pepra, and of course, Roman Harper. You know, four of those five guys went on to cash National Football League checks. Really, really good defense that, again, has just never gotten its due credit, I don't think. But can't be happier for Roman Harper, who it's been a big week for Roman, right? Who will reportedly join the SEC Nation crew on the SEC Network. Pretty good run here for Roman Harper. And again, very much deserved for one of the all-time greats, both at the University of Alabama and also now getting his rewards with the New Orleans Saints. Speaking of Alabama safeties, are you starting to get that itch to see some of these newcomers? You know, we were robbed of that opportunity back in the spring. We were supposed to get a glimpse of those 13 early enrollees and so many of those guys on the defensive side of the football, perhaps not so much at the safety position because Brian Branch, Christian Story, and also Malachi Moore, between those three guys, you're interested to see what type of impact they might make for this 2020 secondary, but certainly at the linebacker level with all those outside linebackers, a couple of inside linebackers that have a chance to at least factor into the competition from a depth perspective, but on the outside, the opportunity very much there to make an impact very, very early on. Over on the offensive side of the ball, the anticipated debut of Bryce Young at the quarterback position. And, you know, we talk about these guys a lot of times in terms of their ability to jump into competitions for starting jobs. But with the uncertainty that is this COVID-19 situation, depth as much as ever will be on display in college football because, You may not know week to week who exactly you have available. So in a lot of situations, you could be looking at 1A, 1B, 1C type of starters. And that may be the case even at quarterback, even if Mac Jones is the guy to open the season. You're still going to want to have Bryce Young as ready as he possibly can be 
and that won't be any different pretty much across the roster. You know, one of the mistakes we make, though, is that we get so hyped up about these newcomers, we don't give enough attention to some of the guys going into their second year in the program, some redshirt freshmen, some true sophomores. You know, in the latest roster countdown that I published there on BamaOnline.com here in the last couple of days, you know, Shane Lee started all 13 games at middle linebacker in 2019, of course, with Dylan Moses out for the season with the knee injury. And I still don't think we've probably given Shane Lee enough credit. We picked apart Shane Lee's performance for sure in 2019. But again, in doing the research on Shane Lee in a retrospective sort of viewpoint, as I pointed out there on the roster countdown, Shane Lee in 2019 exceeded Mac Wilson's 2018 performance in pretty much every statistical category of linebacker play. Whether you want to talk about tackles, whether you want to talk about tackles for loss, sacks, forced fumbles, Shane Lee got the nod in all of those categories, and he did it in two fewer games than Mac Wilson played in in 2018. All right, so let's get to a break. And coming up next, we're going to preview. We're going to give you an over-under for total touchdowns for senior running back Najee Harris in the 2020 season. It's a little tough. Still a little tough because we're still trying to figure out exactly how many games Alabama's going to play in 2020. Is it going to be a full 12-game regular season? We obviously hope that's the case. And even if it is, is there an SEC championship game performance on this team's horizon? Is there another trip to the college football playoff, a return to the college football playoff for the Crimson Tide? Even with all that uncertainty, we're going to take a shot at an over-under for total touchdowns for Najee Harris during the upcoming season. That's coming up next on the Built by Bama online podcast, which we would certainly appreciate you, if you haven't already, subscribing to. Leave us a rating and a review while you're there. We would certainly appreciate that as well. Over or under for Najee Harris, total touchdowns in 2020. Coming up next on Daybreak here on the Built by Bama online podcast. All right, so let's get into establishing an over-under for total touchdowns for senior running back Najee Harris during the 2020 season. Harris, of course, coming off a tremendous finish to the 2019 campaign, one that saw him record 20 touchdowns, the most by a running back between receptions and rushing touchdowns in the Southeastern Conference. Harris, with 16 total scores, over the final eight games of the 2019 season, and he finished the campaign with three more total touchdowns on 61 fewer touches than Clyde Edwards-Alar of LSU. 13 of those touchdowns via the ground game, seven of those as a receiver, really an outlandish number when you look around the rest of college football. Those seven touchdown receptions, that was one more than Jalen Waddell had a year ago, and it was tied with Henry Ruggs III in that category. One out of every four catches by Najee Harris a year ago went for a touchdown. That's an even better ratio than Devontae Smith and Waddell had, who were right around a score for every five catches. As far as rushing touchdowns go, Harris's total was right at one half of Alabama's 27 scores on the ground in 2019. He averaged a touchdown, Najee Harris did, once 
every 16 carries. He did that on 209 total totes, and you think there should be more of those for Najee Harris in 2020. As for some perspective in terms of the scoring season that Najee Harris is coming off of, you consider that in his Heisman Trophy winning season in 2009, Mark Ingram found the end zone 20 times. In 2011, Trent Richardson as the Doak Walker Award winner as college football's top running back that season. Trent found the end zone 24 times. Eddie Lacy, a year later, between rushing and reception scores, 19 touchdowns for Lacy in his final season as a member of the Crimson Tide. Derrick Henry, with just a ridiculous season, as we know, in 2015, really in every aspect of running back play, whether it was the 395 carries that year, whether it was the 2,200-plus rushing yards in 2015. Well, you can add the 28 rushing touchdowns for Derrick Henry that season to go along with all that stuff and in terms of touch per touchdown ratio Josh Jacobs a couple of season ago 14 touchdowns on 140 touches which tells you once every 10 times Josh Jacobs touched the football on offense in 2018 he made his way into the end zone as far as scoring production that Alabama will be looking to replace in 2020 well you can start with Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs III. Right there between those two players, you're talking about 18 offensive scores in total. As far as returning scoring production is concerned, Devontae Smith coming off a season in which he had a season-high 14 touchdown receptions. Is it realistic to think Devontae Smith can get there again in 2020. And you think that the targets should be there, although this offense might be crafted in a way in which it's more centric on the offensive line and the run game. Either way, that's a still a very big number to consider when you think that Amari Cooper and the fact that he needed 124 catches in 2014 to get the 16 touchdown receptions. The expectation will certainly be for Jalen Waddle to reach double-digit offensive touchdowns in 2020. Again, he had those six touchdown receptions in 2019, but with Judy moving on, Henry Ruggs III moving on, Waddle will be a much more featured option, not just in the passing game, but in some ways in which you can line him up in some different spots, hand him the football if you want to. A lot of different things you're going to be able to do with Jalen Waddle in 2020. Waddle heads into his junior season averaging an offensive score once every six times he touches the football. So if you think that he gets 60 touches in 2020, well, he should get to 10 fairly easily on the offensive side of the ball. Even with the big projections, though, for Smith and Waddle, you're still going to have some ground to make up in terms of scoring production. You look at the quarterback position, and if it's Mac Jones who starts the season behind center for the Crimson Tide, well, you're not going to expect a lot of rushing touchdown production from the redshirt junior. Now, touchdowns accounted for, that's another thing entirely. When you just talk about passing touchdowns and maybe a rushing touchdown or two sprinkled in, that's a different discussion. 
but we're talking about actually finding the end zone himself. So some other candidates that you factor into this mix, maybe you look at the rising wide receivers. I think you have to. I think you have to look at John Mechie. I think you have to think about the possibility of maybe one of these three true freshmen, if not more of these, uh, one of these three true freshmen making an impact in that regard. Miller Forrestal at the tight end position on a relatively low catch count in 2019 still managed to find the end zone four times and that was with missing the entire month of November due to injury. Maybe you consider the mobility of Bryce Young in some situations as well because of what he can do with his legs. And of course you're going to look at some of the complimentary cast around Najee Harris in the running back room. Maybe Brian Robinson gives you more in the scoring production area in 2020, but UA pretty much went with Najee Harris in short yardage and goal line situations a year ago as the season progressed. There is also the potential for big play production as both a runner and a receiver, assuming Trey Sanders is back to his previous health. As you know by listening to this podcast, I'm a big fan of Keelan Robinson, the second year running back, diminutive in size, but runs extremely hard and showed you a year ago on occasion when given the chance, he possesses that explosiveness that can get him into the end zone at a pretty high frequency. There are trio of freshmen also at the running back position, Jace McClellan, Roydell Williams, Kyle Edwards, perhaps one or more of those three pick up some of the rushing slack from Najee Harris. You know, I tend to go conservative on these over-unders, and when you think about the potential for duplicating 20 offensive scores in 2020 for Najee Harris, doesn't seem all that likely. Well, if you dive a little deeper and you consider, again, how this offense may present itself, especially early in the season with the quarterback transition, with the effort to identify additional threats at the wide receiver spot, with the understanding that a real, real strength of this team will be that offensive line. Why not think that Najee Harris can get to 20 once again in 2020? After all, you are going to have to replace in some form or fashion at least some of those 17 touchdown receptions that Judy and Ruggs gave you a year ago. So it's not totally out of the realm of possibility that Najee Harris could see his touchdown reception numbers from a year ago go up even a notch or two. And if he is truly the feature back in 2020, which would seem to indicate that his carry total would be in excess of the 209 he got a year ago. Who's to say 15, 16, 17 rushing touchdowns during the upcoming season are totally out of whack? So with those thoughts in mind, I'm actually going to go a hook above Najee Harris's touchdown total from a year ago. I'm going to set it at 20 and a half. What do you got? Over or under? That's going to do it for a Wednesday edition of Daybreak here on the Built by Bama online podcast. Travis Schreier, thanking you once again for joining us. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody.